0: Welcome to Late Night Talks with Amy Jo, a place where you're going to find inspiration, wisdom, and healing. just wanted to quickly pop on here before the interview starts and give you a little bit of a forewarning. We had a very weak connection. So the sound quality is not that great. We did do a video interview. So if you're interested in watching the video version, I will leave that link in the description of this episode. I will warn you there as well. Not the best quality but it is what it is. Radislav came out, took time out of his schedule to share his knowledge and he had shared some great resources. So I wanted to make sure that I got it out to you. I hope that you stick around and listen to the ends. This was all learning experience for me since it was my first time doing an interview on top of a, you know being on camera doing an interview so that was interesting but we uh we had a great time i hope that you enjoy it and i will talk to you guys soon hello there welcome to late night talks with amy joe i hope that you are well doing fine had a great week i am super excited to be here tonight This is going to be my very first interview ever for Late Night Talk. So I'm really excited for my guest to come on. He's very knowledgeable. He has so much value and shares really great content. So I am going to bring on my guest, Radislav Dichev. He is the Kung Fu Spartan. He has a Bachelor of Science in Kinesiology and Chinese Medicine. He is a fitness trainer, a lifestyle coach. He's won his first Spartan trifecta in 2015. He has studied at the art of Kung Fu in China for nine months. He has also trained and studied at the Czech Institute, Paul Czech, and he's written an ebook and is in the process of writing another book. Loads of knowledge and just like I said, he's, he's got some great energy. And I think what we're going to share tonight is going to be valuable to, to some of you out there listening. And I hope that you can go check him out. He's on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube. I am going to share all that information in the description of this episode so you can go check him out there. So I am going to just move on forward here and welcome rad thanks again so much for coming on rad it's super great to have you here with us tonight you are extremely inspiring so thank you for coming on thanks for having
1: me amy i'm really excited to share my knowledge with your audience i'm going to teach them a lot about how to be happier and healthier give some good tips, um, get to know my story a little bit better. So I'm very excited to be here.
0: Awesome. Glad to hear it. So one of the things that was very inspiring to me when I came across your page was your decision to going to Kung Fu school. I know at that age... A lot of guys out there are partying and (laughs) chasing girls, looking to get laid, and your decision to go move across the country to Kung Fu school. Why did you make that decision? Why
1: did you choose Kung Fu school? Um, There was a lot of things coming together. So I actually decided to go about three years ahead of when I actually went. And at the time I was kind of deciding whether I should finish my kinesiology degree or not, or if I wanted to travel. And scrolling through YouTube, I came across these Kung Fu schools in China that were teaching foreigners. I thought, wow, that'd be really cool to go to either now or after I finish my school. And by chance, one of my classmates had actually done this and gone and trained with a Shaolin Kung Fu master in China. So I got the details from him, started setting things up, started saving on money. And then after I graduated, everything came together. So I went off.
0: Wow. That's amazing. How did your parents were they supportive like how did they take the news when you said mom and dad i'm i'm going to china
1: (laughs) Um, for kong so that's part of the reason why i took three years to you know soften the blow to them my dad has never been one to tell me no to anything like he'd say do whatever you want do what you want with your life That is the only time I've ever heard him say, like, don't do this. This is stupid. You're wasting your time. This is dangerous. (laughs) Both my parents were, like, very adamant, you know, don't go to China. Don't go train Kung Fu. After three years went by and gradually softening up, joking with it, it all kind of came together that uh, I went off and then I spent nine months living in China training Kung Fu. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, I, I'm sure it was a little challenging for them as a parent. I can understand <laughs> their uh hesitation and wanting to let you do that. But so when you went there, how did you adjust to the separation from being, you know, from, from the rest of the world? You you left friends, you left family, and then you're in this space where spare bones. How did you adjust from the separation?
1: At the time I'd left I was basically doing school, working for myself, working for a gym. I was studying real estate and becoming a real estate agent, working for my parents, just spread out all over the place. So I was really welcoming, you know, going to the mountains and just focusing on myself, no emails, no phone calls, no clients, just wake up, train eight hours a day. And the situation there was quite different from you know the comforts of North America and what I'd gone through. In the sense that I arrived in November, December, and it started to get really cold at that time. And we're training eight hours a day, Monday to Friday. It's getting to like minus thirty, crazy snow, and there's no insulation in China. Bare minimum heating, and you're basically wearing all your clothes all the time. Yeah. So quite the and you're living in a mountain, so it's not like you can go anywhere. You wanna go anywhere, you gotta call a taxi and it's like 20 minutes to go anywhere. So you're literally, you're living with a roommate, you open the door, you're in the dojo and you're training right away. Kitchen, shower, with a tiny little water heater. And man, when it's minus 30 outside and there's no water left in the water heater because everyone showers at the same time. You're like, in 30, putting on the shower of ice cold water. okay. Close up and then <laughs> you rush to the kitchen to eat because there's not a whole lot of food either. It's like wow. rice, potatoes, a little bit of veg and some chicken. And then there's next day, next day, next day. It's very grueling. So that's,
0: that's what your days really were filled with, just training. What was you, Just explain a little bit of how, like, what was your day-to-day? What did that look like?
1: Yeah. Um, so you'd wake up around 530. Eat a little bit if you wanted, and then training at six o'clock. You're doing an hour of Tai Chi and Qigong. So you're meditating, doing slow movements. Then you have a little bit of time for breakfast, which is usually like oatmeal and a few eggs. Then it's three hours of Kung Fu form training. So, like, just the same thing over and over and over for three hours. Wow. You have lunch. There's a chef there that prepares lunch and dinner. I like chef, it's like very basic stuff. <laughs> Yeah. You have an hour and a half, you do another three hours of kung fu, so like kickboxing. Sometimes it's sparring against each other. Dinner, one more hour of Qigong, Tai Chi, and then you're basically ready for bed at that point. Yeah, I'm sure. So it's very like minimal time in between. Mm -hmm. But it's just physical, physical, physical. And uh, yeah, during that time, actually, I did a lot of mental work too. So my breaks, I would study different languages. I started my YouTube channel five years ago. So if you go back and look at my old videos, a lot of it's just from China. That looks absolutely horrible. Just me standing in front of the camera nervous. But that's actually (laughs) where I started my whole online content creation journey too.
0: Yeah, I saw the clip of of when you were out in in China, and it looks like basically a warehouse that you were staying in a little bit. It's, it's quite It's quite desolate, it seems, you know, but, um, so how would you handle the days where you just felt like, I want to give up, like, or did, didn't, was there a time where it came across where you were like, what the hell was I thinking coming here? Like, (laughs) why did I make this decision?
1: (laughs) Well, yeah. So part of it, I'm from Bulgaria and in Bulgaria, like it's part of the, I don't know if it still is anymore, but like when you turn 18, you go to the army for a few years, it's like standard, everyone does it. And the army at that point is just like, you're taking shit the whole time, doing things you don't want to do in situations that are uncomfortable. So for me, it was partially that. Like I knew going in that this is going to be hard and I'm going to want to quit. and I just can't quit because that's the whole point of it is to not quit. Right. And yeah, like after a month, I was shit, what the fuck am I doing here? this is we're just doing the same thing over and over and over and over <laughs> the same shitty food over and over and over. And, you know, you get down this negative spiral, there was there was a point where I kind of like broke down, went outside and just started crying, had a good cry. And I was like, Oh, man, I needed that emotional release. Went back and yes. kept going. But what I really took away from it is um I, I tend to find myself Like I would describe myself as a positive person, generally happy and like good mindset. And when you're training eight hours a day all the time and the bed we're sleeping on is like this much comforter it's basically sleeping on wood. And I'm a very bony dude, so I'm just like sleeping on wood pretty much. It's very uncomfortable sleep, uncomfortable food, uncomfortable training. The entire time your body's beat down. So every time we're going in training, I'm like, nah, I'm tight, I'm feeling weak. Man, this is hurting. This is horrible. Ugh. And then I came across this online test that asked, like, you know, are you a positive person? And I went to click yes. And I'm like, wait a minute. All my talking has been negative. I've just been negative talking to myself the entire time. So then I made the commitment to switch. Anytime I catch myself, like, I'm not flexible, I would catch that negative thought and just like five times repeat. I'm flexible, I'm flexible, I'm flexible, I'm flexible. I'm feeling tired. I have energy, I have energy, I have energy. So I just flip it. And as soon right. as I flip it, like, you can immediately feel the body transform and change, it's, not, it's like night and day difference versus telling myself I feel weak, telling myself I feel strong. So I really learned that mind psychology connection during that whole experience.
0: Wow. Yeah, I think it definitely helps when you change that thought, even with the little things that I do from time to time with exercise you know, you're struggling and it's like, not you're strong, you're strong. And it's amazing, you know, how, how you come through and it's like, hell, I did it. <laughs> so, exactly. wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, so when did you first become passionate about your, your chosen fields or when was the moment that you decided that you wanted to do what you wanted to do?
1: Yeah, I guess there's a few different factors coming together. I- if you'd seen me in high school and even in college, you would have been like, This guy's gonna be a lifestyle coach, personal trainer? <laughs> <laughs> this guy? No. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was training judo, and one of my friends there gave me this book called Convict Conditioning. And It was just about body weight training. Mm-hmm. So, like how people in prison do push ups, pull ups, whatever, to get jacked and strong. And it was written so well and motivating that you know, I was like, all right, I, I want to get into this. I'm training judo, it's going to help. And I started watching videos of people on YouTube doing crazy handstands, bar workouts, just jacked. So I started training into that, and I got really interested And At the time I was studying criminal justice oh. in university. Wow. I couldn't tell you why it was. <laughs> okay. Funny story, actually. I ran into this girl from my high school, and she said she was studying kinesiology at the school. in my head, I was like, why would someone study kinesiology and become a gym teacher? What a stupid thing to study. (laughs) A year later, I'm I'm talking to my cousin who's in kinesiology, and he's like, dude, you know a lot. You've been reading these books. Just go study kinesiology. I was like, all right, kinesiology.
0: Oh, my goodness. That is funny.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so I ended up going through this four-year process. And somewhere along the journey, I find out this guy named Paul Check through the Czech Institute. Okay. And they happen to have a seminar in Vancouver. It's a few months away, Holistic Lifestyle Coach Level 1. No idea what it is. Just sign up. I really liked the guy speaking. I heard him on a podcast. Let's go. And it was just a weekend course on the basics of lifestyle. And after I finished it, like my mind was so blown away that they don't teach us in kinesiology, in high school, in elementary school. Like The amount of information that was just so practical and useful for everyone. Well, it's important to understand this is like level one, it's about yourself. You're not supposed to go out and coach people after it's like, can you embody the things that are basic in health right now? And then you go take level two. It's like, yeah, here's how you can help other people do it too. Wow. But the embodiment, is is so important to me. So after I took that, I basically had the conversation with myself, my parents, like, yo, I want to do lifestyle coaching. This seems to be really important life impacting information and I want to share it and eight years or whatever odd later and here I am still doing and what I'm here doing.
0: Here you are doing what you're doing. That's awesome. That's really great. So what's one thing that you wish you had known when you began this field?
1: Um, Yeah, I think mean, it's so when I first joined the field. I thought all personal trainers knew the exact same information and could get the same results, but... As I've come to find out, that is not true. There's a million ways to slice a cucumber to get to that health goal. And it's, it's more than just the training protocols. It's, it's the personality, the connection. Yes, the theory, but the practical experience and seeing it. Like it's one thing reading, you know, eight to 12 reps, three sets in a book, but then seeing it, living it, experiencing it yourself and being able to share that. Um, yeah, I guess I just. I wish I knew more that it was about the individual and your drive rather than everyone's the same commodity in the personal training field.
0: Yeah. I can understand that as well. Absolutely. So what are some of the best resources that have helped you along the journey
1: or who? Yeah. Three, three good resources come to mind. Paul check the check Institute. If you're not, Gonna be a trainer or a holistic coach. It still pays to go through his education just for yourself to learn. Just the basics like drinking water, eating clean food, moving, breathing, thinking, the stuff that
0: I've never heard of him. Okay. I'm so, sorry. Yeah.
1: So Paul checks, um, I think he's 60 now. He's been in the field for like 35 years. He's revolutionized a lot hmm. of stuff. He's brought in a lot of things that you see common in the gym, but just weren't popular back then. He um, popularized primal movement patterns. So like push, pull, lunge, squat, deadlift, hinge, and jogging or running. So like he really brought a lot of that to mainstream, Swiss ball training, cable training. Um, A lot of my training stuff comes from him, along with my lifestyle stuff. So anyway, so he's 60, he's jacked. He totally looks like someone who's healthy. But he's also yeah. extremely smart, like well studied. Yes, he's extremely emotionally stable, spiritually stable. He, you know, he meditates. He zens out. He, he does both paths. He's not just physical and strong, but he's also emotionally, spiritually, and mentally strong as well. So I really enjoy that about him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's what I strive is like to have as much of the package as possible versus just one angle of health and fitness.
0: Yes, as a whole, for sure. I am on board with that. So, is there any any other resources? Um...
1: Yeah, um, I would recommend Joel Seedman. I think his thing is advanced human performance for anyone just looking for really good lifting and training protocols mm-hmm. and examples of good movement. Just Joel Seedman, and then Carolyn Mice. Yeah, she's written a lot of really good books for emotional, mental, spiritual connection. Um, yeah, those are my main go-tos.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I've never heard of any, any of them, actually, so I'll definitely have to check them out for sure. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing right now or a challenge that you've been facing over the years,
1: I suppose? I mean, right now, I just graduated Chinese medicine school. I'm kind of in that transition period of, do I go into practice? Do I travel? Do I keep making online content? Like, where am I supposed to be right now in this moment? Um, but outside of that, the biggest challenge has always been for me, like the voice in my head, that's telling me I'm not good enough. And that like, what I have to say doesn't matter. So as a child, like anytime I tried to share my thoughts and opinions and tried to help adults. I always felt very shut down, like they didn't care what I had to say, my input didn't matter. And so now there's always that feeling that I have to fight, like, no, your information matters, people want to hear, you have good things to say, you have to give that self mental talk constantly. So I've always struggled with that. That's always, um, yeah, a challenge.
0: I think that reconditioning is something that a lot of people struggle with, you know, over certain amount of years of your life and you're so conditioned to be a certain way and and what you've learned as a child is very hard to break free from that but it's it takes work and and consistency so yes i totally i (laughs) i have the same struggles so i completely understand i think a lot of people do um who are three people who have been the most influential to you
1: I'll go again with Paul Check People got to go check him out. Um, okay. Tim Ferriss. <laughs> I'm assuming you've heard of Tim Ferriss, probably.
0: I have. I have.
1: Yeah. So there was a point where I started reading a lot of books in my 20s and reading the four hour Workweek was one of those important books. The four hour body. Just listening to the way he talks and breaks things down into like an ABC. Here's the practical. I find my style is very much so like that too, where it's, I try not to be so esoteric and like out there and try to say like, here's the practical step we can take to go from A to Z, but here's the ABCs and kind of just putting it all together for people. So Tim, Tim definitely inspires. And then Joe Rogan is huge. I've been listening to him for several years and just the breadth of people he brings on his show and the new ideas he mm-hmm. brings and how open he is about things. He's definitely changed my mind on a lot of subjects. So definitely those three people are a big influence for me. Yeah,
0: I, I know. I listen to Joe Rogan a lot too. <laughs> yeah. And Tim Ferriss as well. So, What advice would you give someone who is on the same path that you are, that that are starting from where you were?
1: Um, You're on the same path. You know, you got to read a lot and then you got to stop reading and you got to start doing. You got to expect that you're going to (laughs) fail. Like the amount of times I've failed at doing something online or videos or content is it greatly outnumbers the amount of success I've had if I've had any success online. So just like realize, you got to start doing you can't just, you know, have that analysis paralysis by analysis, where you're overthinking, you just got to take small steps, take small actions, and actually start to build, just read and make plans. And in the future, when then I'll do this, it's like, nah, you gotta do something right now. Let's make a plan, make a goal and then do something. Yes. Yeah. And I also highly recommend like, pick specific books that you like, and reread them, go through them again. Because like, there's a lot of garbage out there. And there's not enough time for you to read all of it. So pick like the best resources Mm -hmm. that you can find, old philosophers, you know, wise men from the past doesn't have to be a book written right now. Yes, to be valuable. And limit yourself this is too much. You got to start doing. It. And I guess last thing is, um, you got to believe in yourself. Like you really, there's that term fake it till you make it, which I never really liked. Mm. Me either. It's more like you just got to build yourself till you are, you don't necessarily have to fake it. It's like yourself. Right. And a lot of it, you know, we talk about confidence and self esteem. Here's the secret. Like this is the one sentence that I found for confidence that just makes the most sense to me. And how to build it is make commitments to yourself and then stick to them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that's how you get confidence. If I have, if I'm in a relationship with someone in any capacity and they tell me they're going to do something and they do it, I've built confidence. they have done it over and over. They tell me they don't do it, but they tell me they're going to do it. And they don't do it. I've lost confidence. It's the same thing for your, yes. if you keep making promises that you don't keep, you're not going to have self confidence. So make simple easy stuff that moves you towards confidence exactly
0: yeah that's really a great reminder really great advice because yes i totally am i agree with that too i've shared that in the past too to really it is about commitment to yourself before you can commit to anything you know to any anyone else you have to commit to yourself for sure so what motivates you to get out of bed and and do what you do on a on a daily you know what what motivates you to just get up and jump right out of bed? <laughs> you are leaping out of bed, I'm sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, you <know>, got <laughs> big, audacious goals. I always ask myself, clients, friends, people I'm with, like, what's the meaning of life? What's the meaning of your life? What's the purpose? Because without that clear purpose, like, why are you getting out of bed? Mm. So for me, right now, I'm saying my brothers, I just finished school. I'm not really committed anywhere. I don't have to be anywhere. So what gets me out of bed? It's just that thought of like, oh, I got got a book I'm writing. If I don't get out of bed, that book ain't getting written. Mm -hmm. And it's a struggle for me too. If there's no external schedules, like I got to meet John here and then I got a class at one o'clock and got to call my mother at four. When you don't have that and your schedule is just completely open space, And you don't slot stuff in for yourself like when i was a kid even in my 20s i was addicted to video games like heavily i'd be playing 10 12 hours a day xbox just by myself staring at a screen especially in the summer when i had no commitments it was just open space that's where my body and my intent to go to is just play video games so Mm. a lot of it is just waking up and going ah the stoics have this concept of like meditating on death where you think okay, today's could be my last day i should make it worthwhile not wasted playing 10 hours of video games so for me it's like if i don't get this book done if i don't produce more content if i don't get myself out there talking to people and helping change their lives i'm kind of wasting my potential and i don't want to end up being 100 years old it's like oh i had that book that i written halfway you know i had this instagram TikTok, whatever that I never really saw all the way through. You got to have those big goals that are driving you to become who you want to become. And that's, what's going to get you out of bed. It's like, what's the purpose. If your purpose is to like, wake up in the morning, scrape a living together and just pay off your rent. That's not very exciting. You're not going to jump out of bed, but if your purpose is mm. to like, help a million people, help out your community, lose a hundred pounds, yes. learn a new language. And that's like at the forefront of your brain, that getting up, Means I get to engage with this goal and progress to it, then you're going to progress to it. If you don't, if you're not like constantly right. reminding yourself of the goals and the why, you're not going to jump out of bed very excited.
0: Yes, it really makes a difference. Can we touch on on that you had mentioned your addiction to gaming? How did you break free of that? How did you? finally say enough is enough. I can't do this anymore. Because it's I mean, I think a lot of people. When you have any kind of addiction and you kind of break free from it, it is it's hard. Sometimes you get pulled back in like you were saying, like on your open days, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I could go do that. But in that moment, when you were dealing with that every single day and you're sitting there, 12 hours are passing by. When was the moment where you said, Okay, I can't I can't do this anymore. Oh, gosh. Um, or what caused you to want to just stop?
1: Yeah. I'm trying to reflect, like, if there was a specific moment. Like,
0: it's not like I hit rock
1: bottom. My girlfriend left me. I had no money. I my shit together. <laughs> like, I started reading and educating myself. Like, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I was, I'd say that's, like, one of the first, probably the first book I've read on my own without someone telling me to yeah well, that's so good Changed my brain like oh wow this this is a different option i don't have to work nine to five and then just play video games the rest of the time Like, there's motivation in other people's words and their guidance to life that i never got as a child or through media through my parents and uh, this was like 2013 2014 i went to australia i'm thinking what broke the cycle so i went to australia and i didn't have any video games like i didn't have a tv or my Xbox. Uh. So it's like four months of barely any access to it. I remember I got access like near the end. It's like, oh God, I can play it. Like, let's play it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that was it. And then I came back and it's, it's the realization of like, oh wow, this is a lot of wasted time and nothing good's coming of it. So I got rid of my Xbox. But like, I, I've never really. I don't think I've had quite an addiction like this. Like I've never smoked or drank alcohol, been drunk. I don't have those traditional other sources, but like for video games, when it's open space, you know, sometimes I do download a game on my iPad, play it for a few hours, and it's like, well, that was a waste. But I find motivation. (laughs) I have that. I get that same feeling too. where It's like. What's the meaning? There's no point. I'm just gonna sit here and play video games. Nothing's gonna make me happy. Right, right. And then like as I go deeper and deeper into that feeling, there's a switch that happens where it's like, no, there's a point. Look at all these goals you got written. Let's go. Yeah, it's like balance yes. like it yes. me into motivation to to go down, mm-hmm. suffer, have a little bit of negative anxiety and grief about what I'm doing. And then it's like, oh, it's just like it resets, it relaunches. It's like it's like a rest.
0: Yeah, I mean it's I think it's the same with when we get a you know, attached to our phones, it doesn't have to be a video game. We're we're scrolling through hours and hours of media. And it's like, now I stop myself after five minutes. And I say to myself, like, this is wasting (laughs) time where I could be, you know, learning something or growing my business or doing this or doing that. And I immediately put the phone down now because I have wasted a lot of time by doing that, like looking at other people out there doing their thing and it's like, you know, like why why am I not doing this? <laughs> like this is a wasting time. So yes,
1: it's So if I can make a recommendation, I've done this a few times, where you just take a day, or two, a weekend, and you don't do anything. Like you just watch paint dry. This helps to reset your dopamine threshold. So when I say don't do anything, I mean like no music, no reading no meditating. It's just like just sit there and do nothing, and this just helps reset your dopamine threshold so that wow. like, reading a book becomes exciting again. And it's like it's like it's like eating a bag of chips. Like the salt eventually desensitizes, and you need more chips yes. to get that, and more chips and more chips. So it's the dopamine. You more and more and more. You take it away. You resensitize. So when you come back, you come back with some consciousness and effort to reduce.
0: Mm. No, that's that's great advice too. I I actually have tried that, but I've only done it for like probably two hours. To do it for a full weekend or a few days,
1: there's your task. It would
0: definitely be challenging. It would be very very challenging. You know, I I love music is what gets me by. I mean. I don't do TV or anything like that, but to have some kind of a sound around. But when I have done that and I have sat in a room where there is absolutely nothing, I will say that a lot of things came through ideas and thoughts. And, you know, so it's a great it's a great space to grow in. I mean, solitude and really having nothing is a great space to be in for sure for for growth, I think so but as far as the dopamine i've never really thought about it like that that's a really great
1: point yeah for you and your audience on my youtube channel radislav dutch i have some dopamine videos and detox works okay. a little bit more it's, uh, cool definitely
0: that. i'll have to go check them out <laughs> um so what gets you into the right mindset and to stay consistent? Like what do you do to lock yourself into the mindset? Because I think that's another struggle for a lot of people is, you know, you, you might start the day and say, oh, I'm gonna do this. And then, you know, an hour later it gets thrown out the window. How do you stay consistent with that? Do you have any kind of...
1: Well, um, tips? <laughs> and no one responsible to me. <laughs> or that I'm responsible. For yeah. so it helps a lot. Obviously, people aren't in that yeah. situation. Um, like waking up consistently and having a bit of a morning routine is huge. So for me, in writing this book, if I just sit down and try and write, it's hard to get the flow and the state and going and the moon and the sun to line up exactly. So what it is for me is just waking up, getting myself out of bed and starting to walk like once I'm outside walking, I'll listen to a little motivation track, some Jim Rohn or Black mm. Tracy, and it gets me like jived up to, to go. It's brainwashing me to be like, you got goals, you want to do them, it's going to make you feel good. Do a little movement, some breathing, some qi gong. Just have those things you know that. The problem is most people tend to associate the things that they should do for themselves as like a negative thing. So like, oh, I should go out and walk for 30 minutes, I should do a few push-ups, I should do a few squats. It's like they associate it negatively because it's taking away and it's like a discipline and they have to do it. Yes. Versus you, you do the action and then really pay attention to how your body feels after. Like, oh, I actually feel better, my mood's elevated, I have more energy, I'm more creative, I'm I'm happier to sit in front of this computer and do my writing. So then you make that connection, like, okay, every time I go for a walk do some breathing and some qigong, everything else flows better after So start discovering for yourself, Mm. like, what are the few things you need to fall into place to make the day go well? It's very rare that a good, a bad morning will turn into a good day. So like that first battle morning of getting out and doing that one or two really important things you need to do to set yourself is vital. Yeah. That's how you stay consistent and in the right mindset. Otherwise, like you're going to be playing video games all day.
0: That's true. (laughs) I think it's also important that we need to go to bed in the right state of mind as well, you know, in order to wake up in in a good state, if you're listening to garbage, or you're in a crappy, angry, terrible mood before you go to bed, that's, that's probably what you're going to wake up feeling like as well. So it's important to process through that before going to sleep so that you can wake up and say, I am ready to take on the day.
1: (laughs) Yes. Um, There's this book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod, I believe. And in it, he just talks about like all the morning routine stuff people need. And there was something really critical. What you're saying is if you're going to bed thinking like, oh, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. Have zero energy. It's going to be a bad night's sleep. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to manifest that reality versus if you go to bed, I'm going to sleep well and I'm going to wake up with energy and get started on my day. And perhaps you've laid out your running clothes and your notepad and whatever you have, like exactly to your point, a good morning starts in the evening.
0: Yes. That's awesome. Yeah, I've never heard of that book either. You got some good ones for us today, Rad. (laughs) I'm trying. I'm trying. If you you could give your 16-year-old self advice, what would you say?
1: Um, Adults are just children in big bodies. No one knows yeah. the truth. <laughs> no one has it figured out. So don't let some a child in an adult body tell you what you can and can't do, and what isn't what isn't possible. Hmm. It's super important, and, and you can see it in our society. Like maybe your parents, or grandparents, or friends' parents, or your own relationship, where people have the emotional and communication skills of a five-year-old. They scream, they hit, they yell, Amen. they don't listen. Yeah. Like no one's taught them these skills of proper communication. So like the nonviolent communication guide. Mm. And um, yeah, just emotional control. So it's something like a book, like feelings buried alive, never die. Or Carolyn Mice, like yes. going into your own and like reading and learning. Oh, so this is how I can control like, especially as a guy growing up 10 years plus of martial arts experience, male dominated society where they're like, don't show emotion, don't cry, suck it up. I never really understood like what emotions are feelings They had no value to me. It's just intellect and logic, you say this, this, I don't care how your feelings are, we said this, and this. And a lot of men and women just you get that feeling in your chest and your stomach and your throat and your legs that you don't know what it is you don't know how to handle it. it's like stresses you out and it's kind of like an animal attacking you and you're attacking back versus being able to sit into this feeling of okay i'm kind of being disrupted by my environment what that person just said let me calm down what does mean how am i feeling and like understanding that in order to communicate back to the person look what you said it hurts me because of this and Blah blah blah. Can we have a calm like, calm conversation over it versus I'm gonna yell at you and tell you mean things, you're gonna yell at you and tell me mean things, don't feel good about it? Like you gotta treat people like children sometimes. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What I said, makes yeah. sense, this is why I did this, and I'm seeing it's somehow bothering you. Is there a way to make it better in the I future? Agree. So my advice is just people don't have the answer. Most of the time they don't know they're just like children. So treat yourself like a child, you got to educate yourself. Yes.
0: Yeah, I think that that's, you know, partly what I teach too is, is well, not partly, it's, it's huge is to really get to know yourself, the more we get to know ourselves, the more we can understand other people. And that that communication does help. It's more of a, a conscious relationship, where you're both understanding each other, you know what I mean? So yeah, I agree with you on that one. What's the most important thing that you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what has your life been like, since you've learned it, like now?
1: Um, (laughs) You need to suffer to be happy. Like, Mm. self imposed chosen suffering will lead to results, which leads to happiness. So if we take my example, like when I just played video games, there wasn't really any suffering. It was just happiness, happiness, happiness to the degeneration of my body. Like I was eating pizza, donuts, Subway, McDonald's, cereal, just crap food all the time, not going to bed till like 1 or 2 a.m., staring at a screen all day, not socializing, not working out. There was no self-imposed suffering. It was just joy, dopamine, dopamine, dopamine all the time. Versus now it's like, I go to the gym, and I'm scared to go to. The, like, I'm looking forward to it. It's part of my routine. My <laughs> body needs it, but I'm just like, "Fuck!" After the first day, <laughs> I'm doing these ridiculous workouts right now that are doing like 500 to a thousand reps. That are it's just grueling. Wow, you're, you're sitting on the machine or the bicep curl or whatever. And okay, I gotta feel this and do like another 50. And you get to 50, it's like, okay, I'm only halfway done on these reps of the first set. Yesterday I did legs and the first exercise was leg <laughs> extensions for 50 yeah. reps. and then you do 60 reps and then you do 70 reps and then 80, 90, 450 reps total. Oh man, someone's calling the phone. Um, 450 reps total. Sorry. It's like, it's okay. Yeah, so like 450 reps. My first exercise took me 30 minutes for the first exercise of the whole workout. And even then it's like, like, why am I doing this? This is brutal. I don't need to be here. I can go home. Yeah. I can do <laughs> like, that's my brain thinking. And then I'm like, as soon as I hear that voice, the other voice turns on. Like, I love it. I love this. I love suffering. I want to be here. I want these legs to grow. I want to be better. It's, you got to replace that. And a lot of people's mindset is this sucks. I'm sweating. I'm hurting, uh, I'm out of breath. Why am I here? This isn't going to work. I'm out. And I let that mind mentality take over instead of letting, you know, the understanding that it's going to be difficult and it should be difficult and I need to suffer through this and in suffering through this, I'm going to get what I want. Like I have clients that tell me, hey, is this going to feel easier one day? Am I, am I just going to feel better? I'm like, well, it, you, just get better. you just lift more weights. It's still, it never gets easy. Like if you're benching yeah. 50 pounds and now you're benching 250, like, yeah, 50 is easy, but it's not going to do anything for you. 250 is what's going to do something for you. So yes. unless you're constantly being challenged and it's suffering and hard, you're not going to grow and you're not going to benefit from it. That comfort zone.
0: Well, you taught me that, you know, I'm, I'm like I've talked to you about. I really struggle with routine and staying with my fitness and my health. And that's, you know, I mean, I eat healthy, but it's actually staying on a routine. And you know, the small wins that you say just start small and then build up each each couple of days, get more and more and more. So I'm not out here, you know, doing doing a hundred pushups or anything like that. But, you know, I say to myself, Okay, this is this is what this is what I need to do. Like you said, it's it's building that up to you know, to get the result and to suffer through it, but to keep the positive mindset going and saying like, I'm I'm strong, I can do this. My body is, you know, super strong and healthy. And, you know, I'm good with the the self-talk throughout day-to-day, you know, my cells are healthy, you know, but it's, it's the workout routines. It's just sticking with it. That's been one of my challenges. Everything else I seem to be okay on, but dang. But you've been helping me tremendously. I mean,
1: seriously, it's it's been helpful. So, so I'm really happy to hear that. And it's it's not yes. like, um, like I'm saying this now, but this is like eight nine years into my journey. That takes time. Like I've added, I've added things and then taken them away. Added things, taken. Like that's that's life. There's an undulation as to what's happening. But you're either like upwardly trending or downwardly trending. Mm-hmm. I might have some downs in my life, but it's all like in the sake of coming up and up into it. And you know, I'm speaking of these 500,000 rep workouts. You don't need to do that. <laughs> this is me. I'm just the no. I'm it for some no. reason. I'm not going to do this forever. This is right now. You don't need right. that to get the results. You just need hard work, dedication, and make sure it challenges you. 20 reps can challenge you. You've never done 10. yes 10 reps is challenge.
0: Exactly. Exactly you know you've done a lot of the strength training you know like you're out there doing these <laughs> the 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 stand up you know and and it's just your strength is it's crazy what you can do with your body that's what was inspiring i'm like i want to do a handstand like that <laughs> i'm like this guy is going to teach me how to do this <laughs> and it's just yeah like just watching, because I know you've recorded yourself doing a lot of the, the exercises. That's, it's really important for people to check you out over there on YouTube and even on Instagram on what you do, like you're pulling yourself up with one arm and, you know, over time it, it showed, you could see the difference between, from when you started to, to where you are, so.
1: And you know, like, even in you saying that in my mind, I just still think I'm weak. And not strong enough. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I think no matter how long you lift and how strong you get, there's always like, yeah, I can do that, but I can't do this. And like once I get there, like handstands, like once I get a 30 second handstand, like that's enough, great. But then you get it's like, oh no, I need to do a handstand push up, do more just a handstand and a one arm chin up, and it's always another one. So it's it's a hard balance between being happy with what you have and where you're at yeah but also wanting to become better it's
0: but but i mean when is the when's the point where you say okay like i'm content with this you know is there a root is there a reason like what what is the the whole like i need to be more i need to do more you know (laughs) well
1: i'll tell you so I, i use this i segment things into four blocks physical mental emotional spiritual mm-hmm i notice, like you know i'll go really intense on the physical the other three will suffer a bit i'll go really intense on the mental the other ones will suffer i'll go more intense on the spiritual more intense on the emotional like yeah a, a, a balance of where more of the energy goes at a given time so let's say right now i'm really interested in the physical and pushing it and then there'll be a part where it's like oh i'm really interested in studying french or breathing for an hour yes so now i don't have time for the physical it doesn't be as much as important and so in that sense like okay it's enough right i'm content and i'm more excited to do something else i'll do it and then there's the routine aspect where it's like well now you're dropping the routine and replacing something else and it's just experience and knowing yourself yes like, how do i handle change how do i need to change this instability to stability it's just going inwards and like this is I was successful when I was doing this. I'm not successful when I'm doing this. I'm successful, yeah, or nothing I'm doing is successful. Let's just take someone else's word for it and do it as much as I can.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah, balance is really important too to to pay attention to that as well, so that there's other areas in your life that you know aren't suffering as much. But so what what is would be your tip for helping the world be a better place?
1: <laughs>
0: um this is just an interesting question i just like to to hear people's input on this
1: call your local governmental representative tell them what you don't like make them do the changes <laughs> no uh, it always starts with right? yourself and taking responsibility like the word responsibility is response ability anything that happens in your life you have the ability mm-hmm. to respond to it in whatever way you want So my thing for making the world a better place is start with yourself and lead by example. There's a lot of leaders and people out there that are telling you like, do push-ups, eat better food, don't pollute the environment, you know, don't have sex before you're married. And they're committing all the sins while telling you to your face, like, don't do this. And there's an energy transfer in that. Like, whether you know it or not, you know that person's lying to you like their body looks unhealthy, they don't look healthy, they're, they're unhappy. Yeah, there's an energy imbalance where it, when you know, when you're like in touch with your feelings, and you can recognize it's like, Oh, okay, he said this, but like, that's not how he's actually feeling or what they're actually thinking, and how they're engaging with life. So for me, it's just super important. And Paul check gave us this lesson at uh level two lifestyle coach, where he literally opened it with saying, I get so many people from here coming to me and telling me my stuff doesn't work. And then I look at them and they're like, are you doing the things that I'm telling you to do? Or are you just telling your clients to do the things and you're not doing it yourself? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like Paul check. Cause he's a real dude. He's not, he's not bullshitting people. It's like he's teaching, yes. doing it. And you can tell he's 60 years old, Jack, strong as hell, sharp, smart, very successful. It's very obvious that what he's doing works. And that's why I want to represent myself like having a good physique, having good mentality, emotional control, spiritual control, so that I can be well rounded and serve people. Because like, yes, you don't want to go to a personal trainer who's fat. You don't want to go to a mechanic whose cars are, or a dentist whose teeth are knocked out. (laughs) Well, It's
0: true. I mean, I've been to a gym where I walked in and they're like, this is your trainer and i'm not judging or anything but he was totally overweight and totally unfit and i said to myself like what is this guy gonna do for me if he's not doing it himself you know and and me me doing what i do here sharing you know i do i expose my failures sometimes in in certain areas and you know it's all part of growing and stuff but absolutely i feel i feel what you're saying is Important, you know, to be a personal trainer. Yes, look the part because you're
1: doing it, you know? Yeah. And then if you're taking someone's money, like that's a thing, too. Is like, I would charge money, and anytime I get into like an unhealthy habit or stop working out, and I have to go see my clients and train them, it's like, oh, God, I feel like a piece of shit for taking your money. And yeah. So then that yeah. motivates me. And there's the thing people need to understand is that this is the secret to success. Like, the more reasons you have to succeed in whatever your goal is, the more likely you're going to succeed. It's like One day, that motivation is not going to be enough. So you're going to need to fall back on the other 10 reasons you have to succeed. So let's say being healthy, let's say losing 50 pounds. It's going to you know maybe help you fight diabetes or cancer or heart disease. It's going to help you play with your children for a longer amount of time. It's going to help you Make more money because mm-hmm. you're more cognitive at work and you're more energetic to do whatever you need to do you can have a better relationship with your husband because you know versus just lose 50 pounds to one reason like, the more reasons you know, right and the more written and clear they are on the day that this reason doesn't work and get you out of bed another one might so that's very important
0: yeah i think that that is really important i remember you had shared that with me the other day that we talked so i thought that was really helpful So, this was a great talk. Where can our listeners find you?
1: (laughs) All over the place, baby. Instagram is the best place. So my my tag is rad, radislav, rad like radical. So rad radislav. Um, In there right now, I currently have a free ebook called Vibrant Health. It basically helps you reprogram your mind. I hope everyone goes and downloads it right away. Um, I'm working on a new Mm -hmm. book on losing weight through holistic means. So no working out, no counting calories, just good lifestyle planning in order to lose weight. I'm also on TikTok, Rad Radislav, and I'm on YouTube, Radislav Dechev. Yep, easy to find.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. I will have all your information in the description of this episode so they can easily find you because I know some of the spelling might be a little wonky with your name, but (laughs) you do have really great content. I highly, highly recommend all you guys to go out there and check him out and definitely download his ebook. Cause I, I have it myself and it's really informative and great. And we are going to have rad back on again soon, <laughs> especially when he gets that book done. And yeah, so it was super fun. It was great to have you as my very first guest on Late Night Talks.
1: <laughs>
0: this was a new experience for me. So it was a pleasure to to have it with you. You really have great energy. And I really just appreciate you, you know, impacting so many people the way that you do. I see a lot of people that are touched by just your energy from the, what you put out on a daily basis. So thank you for that because the world needs it, and yeah, just taking the time out to to come on and share your story and your knowledge with the world, with the community here. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm happy that people who so, will listen to. We yes, really absolutely. Pretty crazy for being like, all right, I'm reaching half a million people this month. What the fuck yeah doesn't make any sense i know you
0: have a lot of
1: you have a lot of followers I, I just i'm feeling very blessed grateful thank you to the universe thank you to the algorithms that are making it Good. possible Crazy.
0: yes absolutely Well, you're going to, you're going to do big things and it'll be exciting to watch. (laughs) Let's
1: get her done. We'll
0: see. (laughs) All right, Rad. Well, thanks guys so much for tuning in tonight and listening. I appreciate all of you and I look forward to coming back soon, sending love and light to all of you. Thank you so much.